Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast. My name is Dan O'Rourke and I'm actually really excited to be in studio again because Father James, you were away last week. I was. And so it's so great to have you back in studio with us. It's great to be back. And also we've got a guest co-host today, someone right. who's been on our podcast before as a guest, but now you're subbing into the, the, the co-host spot. It's good to see you, Matt Vaughn. Thank you. It's great to be here on this side of the bar. So Matt, you are you work at St. Benedict. Oops, you work with St. Benedict Parish. I got so excited I almost knocked my water over. See what you do? Uh, so you work at St. Benedict Parish, but you also host the um, the Church We Want to Be podcast. That's right. Yes. Season two is coming. We just recorded another episode this week. So uh, don't pressure me on when that will come out, but uh, we're <laughs> we're making it happen. There's episodes being recorded. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Matt, I'd love to talk to you about some of the things you've been up to. Like sure. in this past week, what's been taking some of your energy, your time, and your enthusiasm? Well, uh, a big part of the week was planning for uh, the marriage prep weekend that was coming up um, at St. Benedict. Uh, now, I had relatively small role. My wife and I were speaking at the end of the weekend on yeah. communicating in a marriage, which is different from my job at the church. It's, you know, I'm not making slideshows for my wife, but uh, maybe I should when I think Makes slideshows yeah, for your exactly. wife. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was an interesting you can, process. You can send her like once a week, like an email with the five things you want her to know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that would go over really well. Yeah. This is great marriage advice right yeah. here. Here's something I'd like for supper at one point. There's <laughs> an idea of things we should do. Yeah, but always exactly. remember, don't just communicate the, the, the what and the when. Talk about the why. The why. Talk about yeah. the why. Cast Emily, vision. This, exactly. is, this is why. This is why. I wish we had these conversations before yeah, I did this talk. Always always Gosh. remember to, to, to talk about the purpose of it all. There you go. Your purpose. This you is know. great. Do you guys have a vision statement for your marriage? Uh, kind of we do. Yeah, you yes, do. we talked a little bit in our talk about how <laughs> we are on the same team. Sometimes we call it Team Vaughn as a way of kind of establishing that it is a Creatively it is a named because your last name is, is Vaughn. Vaughn. Exactly. And the, your team is about to grow. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we are seven little, months um, into the A little light linebacker there. That's right. That yeah. would be great. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Baby Vaughn is coming, which is exciting. And uh, so, so yes, I, gosh, I, I'm going to be so good next year. you like a bobsled team though. I don't know. I'm thinking of a team that has three people. What, what teams have three people? I'm not sure. Any, a, they have three on three basketball leagues now. Okay, I know that right, there's like yeah, a yeah. summer competitor to the NBA as a three on three team. Yep. That baby might not be that good a teammate for basketball <laughs> for a couple of years, I think, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, do not, do not, do not underestimate the capability of a baby Vaughn. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. We are so we, we've just, we were excited talking about your kid, but yeah. also you were at, so this is a marriage prep weekend hmm. that St. Benedict does. Right? That's right. Yes. So, uh, well, tell me a little bit about it. Like what, what does it look like and, and how does it work? Well, um, I came, so we, we came right at the end, which was very useful, yeah. but uh, they started on Friday night and they had a couple of talks then. Um, they do, we do live talks kind of, you know, in a kind of the same way we do alpha, we have live yep. talks. So Lee Father Simon spoke on Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, it actually was funny because the church is really kind of hopping on Saturday morning. There was all sorts of different events. There was a men's prayer breakfast. Oh yeah. And course, so they yeah. kind of just, the marriage prep, uh, the planters had a smart thing where they just kind of glided on and got to have breakfast with them as well. They just oh, kind of cool. took the food, which is good. What did they do with the, uh, with the brides to be? No, well, they're they allowed in. They put the whole, both, all the couples are in a separate room. Oh, so they're really I just going to take the, the food. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I wondered about that too, being a men's breakfast. But uh, uh, so, yes, they, they did that. And then uh, they had a few videos as well. Um, that that they showed there, right. and then they, yeah, they closed with uh, communicating. And this is the, the 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 first part of marriage prep mm -hmm. is is you have to do alpha as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's we like to say that it's, it's the whole thing. 
what I love is it, what's what I find so cool. So you were there as a, a speaker. Yeah. And what I love about the way we do marriage prep, and it's also the same way we do alpha, right? We we create this opportunity for for people to to share testimony and to share uh, experience right. and leadership, frankly, uh, from the front of the room. And we're able to raise up people because of alpha. And so we see over and over again, we see people giving live talks, not just ro- showing recordings. Now I know they showed some tapes as well, but yes. uh, I say tape. I, I really hope it wasn't a tape. Yeah. My gosh. We got the VHS player. <laughs> we got the VHS player out dusting that off. to make sure the video. Yeah, <laughs> that's that would not be. It good. was streaming, and there were its own kind of issues there as well. Sometimes, as it comes with streaming, sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, Father James, you were away last week for a few reasons, but one of them, you were at Amazing Parish. Yeah, and the week before that, I was actually in Vancouver. I, that's why I wasn't on on the podcast, and I was I was out there for meetings, and it was it was able to visit my old seminary, a monastery, oh, yeah. uh, Westminster Abbey. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was way. it was Gosh. great. It was my first time back there in ten years, and got to visit my my spiritual director uh, for the, those two years. He's now ninety three years old, and it was oh, great wow. just being able to sit with him and say to him how much of an impact he has had in my life, and to. And, and to thank him. Mm. And this past week, we were in Dallas, myself and Ron Huntley, and that was amazing because we went there for the amazing oh. parish conference. It was more amazing uh, before he made that joke. <laughs> it wasn't really a joke. It really was. It was, it was great. It, but we also, when we were down there, we visited one of our Divine Renovation Network parishes, St. Anne Parish in Cobalt, Texas, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic parish. Uh, it really, it really was. And we, yeah. we got there. We, we, they went with the the senior the senior leadership team for a went to a smokehouse and got like absolutely saturated in the smell of smoked meat for supper. And That's then, amazing. and then there was an evening with with the leadership of the parish where we talked about divine renovation ministry. And then the next morning. So I'm really interested in the leadership evening and all that stuff, but what did you do at the smokehouse? Mm, like lots of meat, like pork and beef and different things. Yeah, it was, was it? Yeah. yeah, you went all in, did you? I did. <laughs> Cornbread, things like that. Cornbread, oh. So the next morning we we met with their, they're they a very big parish. They have a weekend attendance of 9,000 people and have like 63 staff. I know it's kind of mind boggling to think yeah, of a parish that, that size, but we met with their, their senior staff in the morning, and then we met with all of their staff later in, in the morning as well and had a, a wonderful time of prayer with them to, mm. to pray over each other, to experience God's love more, to be f- filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later today. Um, so that was great. And then we went down downtown to the hotel to get ready for the amazing parish conference. There were, I think, 187 parishes represented. And, wow. and what uh, Patrick Lencioni and John Martin and the folks at Amazing Parish set out to achieve from the very start was to make sure that we didn't talk about parish renewal just with priests. They wanted priests to come with their leadership teams. And, and Pat was the the main the the main presenter throughout the session is really focusing on on the centrality of leadership you know how how important that that is but we also got to meet amazing people I keep you saying amazing I'm sorry uh, and connect with with, the, with with some good friends we had um, Ron and I had some great uh, a great chat and a great time with Father Michael White who was there uh, we. Did, we were able to get, get have some time with Pat as well and other other. What I love leaders. about these trips is they tend to be so jam packed. Whenever you are on the road, you try and get as much much out of out of that time that you're there as possible. But let me ask you about to St. Anne's. Uh, so, who's the pastor at St. Anne's? Father Henry Petter, and he's he's one of my heroes. He's seventy. Forgive me, Father Henry, seventy one, seventy two. But he's a he's he runs marathons. He still runs marathons. He runs marathons, yeah. and he's an incredible guy who. You know, with these, I don't run marathons. But the last years that he has in in ministry, he's saying, "I'm going for it. We're we're going out." Is with a church that size, with that kind of attendance, very easy to say everything's great. Let's not bother trying to be to do anything, 
more, but he's 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 going well, the, for it. This is, I mean, like one of the things I, I know that when when people talk to us about the Divine Renovation Network, the, the network where we do coaching, you know, some parishes think they might be too small. Others, uh, you know, could feel like they're too big. But I mean, like St. Anne's is on the uh, certainly on the large end of, of the spectrum. And, and then what I love is that Father Henry, I mean, here's a guy who's not in his 30s, but instead is in his 70s and is, is, is fired up for the Lord and is going to bring people to Jesus. I think that's he's amazing. Ab- he's absolutely excited. You know, but but size of a parish is a very relative thing. Here in Atlantic Canada, St. Benedict Parish, uh, I believe, is, well, I've been told this, it's the largest church in Atlantic Canada of any denomination any or any, yeah. any any background. We get a weekend attendance of 1,400, 1,500 a weekend. St. Anne's gets 9,000. But we also met on the Wednesday, we had lunch with the leadership team of our newest parish to join the network. They just joined, and they're from outside of Houston. And get this, they have a weekend attendance of 15,000 people. I mean, it's kind of crazy. That's a lot. So in the network, we've got a parish with 15,000 on a weekend and a parish that has 140 people on a weekend. So I think when you've when you've got parishes that get that big, I mean, one of the things I've heard you say, I don't know how many times, but like the bigger you are, the smaller you have to become. And so how critical it beces when you've got a parish of that size. Well, there's there, there's a payoff. Obviously, when the bigger you are, there's you've in a sense you've got you've got many more resources just by your 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 sheer size. But the the complexity and and the challenge to effectively lead renewal mm-hmm. goes way up as well because everything is driven relationally. And also in big parishes, you can be lulled into complacency yeah. because think about it, 15,000 parishioners. If if 1% of your people show up for an event, that's 150 people. I mean, think about it. In your parish, if you put on a, an event like a, a program or something and 150 people showed up, you'd be thinking, wow, this is amazing. Look at all these people. It's only 1%. The small parishes, parish of 140 people, they do an event and, and 40% of the people show up. Right. So actually, as meager as that looks when you're in the meeting, it's way better than, than what a large parish has. So you've got, we've got to be very, very careful. And, and it comes like anything when we, when we look at and ask questions about the health of our parish, because we heard uh, this weekend in the, in, the, in, the, in the gospel, you know, it's the will of my father that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. You know, that, that's what we're measuring, and, and we can be lulled into complacency with large parishes. But certainly, uh, re- everything is driven by relationships, and that's, that's very much a challenge for large parishes. Uh, one of the people at, at St. Anne's Parish is uh, one of our Divine Renovation coaches, uh, Kurt Clement. Did you have a chance to see him and talk yeah, to him Yeah, we got all? a chance to hang out with Kurt. He picked us up at the airport, and just a wonderful man, and just so thrilled about how much he, he, he totally, it's like the, the principles that we've been teaching on and living through, he's, they're, they're, in, they're almost in his DNA, they're, they're in his bones, and he's spontaneously already helping people. And oh, we also had an amazing experience. I keep saying amazing, I'm sorry. But <laughs> it was after one of the sessions, and this, the, this group of, of people came up to me, and they said, oh, we, we, we've been doing divine renovation in our parish. Uh, we were at the DR16 conference. It was amazing. Uh, and and we're, we're, we're several years along. We started doing Alpha, and, and we're being asked by other parishes to go and talk about divine renovation. The priest is being invited to other dioceses, and we didn't even know these folks existed. It's like, <laughs> so weird. 
It's fantastic. It's uh, it's weird in a great way. It's exciting to see all the things moving around the world and all the people, you know, getting up and doing things at their parishes and within their dioceses and their communities. Uh, so I know you had a chance to, to meet with the senior leadership team at St. Anne's Parish, right? Yep. Can you, like, a lot of parishes have senior leadership teams, but not all of them. Uh, and so as you walked into into that community, what was it like? What, what would that conversation look like? How did they respond to you? What was it like meeting a senior leadership team that wasn't yours? Well, to be honest, Ron, his, Ron Huntley, who directs all of our coaches, he is their coach and he's been their coach for a year and a half. So he's he's got a, a personal relationship with, with with all of them. I've spoken to Kurt a little bit and I I work with Father Henry. So for me, it was new. It was like meeting these these people for, for the first time. So Ron kind of took the lead with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was uh, I just kind of listened and put in some comments here and there. So he kind of drove the whole thing. (laughs) But what was interesting, and I don't think I'm betraying any confidence, is when we met with the, see, they've got the senior leadership team, there's four, and then they have a team of 14 staff who are team leaders who in turn support teams of staff. So it's that kind Mm of size. So as we met with the the 14, one of the things that we heard was was that the people who are not part of, of the senior leadership team, they were saying, we see how you've changed. We've seen you come together as a team. We've seen you grow in loving each other and caring for, for one another, and, and you've become incredibly healthy. And we're kind of jealous because we, we <laughs> want what you've got. This is what we heard. We heard them say, That's... what you've got, we want. And, and so we had a, a conversation around how we can continue to, at, at, at that level, let it, let it trickle up and impact the whole church. Because through the Divine Renovation Network, um, the, the senior leadership team has been receiving this. Yeah. And one of the things that became clear to us, oh my goodness, the, if you're in the network, you're also in the association, that this next level of staff, they could really lean into the, course, the, yeah. the coaching videos in the association. And then at the, at the level of parish leaders and parishioners, you have the podcast. Yeah. And there are different tools to hit different levels of your parish and keep the conversation moving along. Yeah, because the network is when we do the one-on-one intensive coaching with with the leadership teams and the pastor. The association is is that video library of all sorts of coaching resources. And then, of course, the podcast while you're right. listening to it or watching it right now. So there's there's different levels that we try and, and help people. Because leadership is, remember, is, is always, it's not about getting followers. It's about raising up other leaders. Yeah. And that's so, a mode of ministry that's that's very important to get. Now, I think you also had a chance to meet um, an SLC that Ron hasn't been coaching into, you haven't been coaching into, but the newest parish, right? The uh, Prince of Peace Parish. Yes. Did you get a chance to meet with them? Yeah. And so what was that like? Like, What I find interesting is a lot of parishes that, that are watching this or listening to us today, uh, they've got their leadership teams already. Well, the, this team hadn't, they actually told us that a couple of years ago, they went to a, a, a conference and they heard about senior leadership teams and they were meeting they were they were calling their their team meeting the 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 Tabor group the Mount Tabor group and really they were coming around the parish priest to pray for him and to and to be there to maybe give advice yeah. but it wasn't really intentional and once they heard about about senior leadership teams they changed the name but didn't change how, how they function. So they're at the very start. Okay. They, they, but they're, I, we can tell they're going to be great. That's awesome. They, they've got a great relationship. They're teasing each other in a, in a positive way. Like not, <laughs> not, you're going to be careful of negative humor at times, but they're, they know each other. They love each other. They respect each other. And they're able to challenge each other. So we saw the dynamics already at play. And I think they're going to they're be fantastic in, in helping to support the leadership of that parish priest as they go forward because that's so important. Mm, especially in a, per, a parish as big as that. Because uh, I mean, like, I, I know it, it, it can be really difficult to form community, but it's also difficult to form leadership around such a huge community. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of pressures that must be weighing in on a, on a, a parish of that size. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your meeting with Father Michael White, because 
you are on stage, and this is what we love about what happens when you go to the Amazing Parish. You, you have a chance to be on stage with Father Michael White and the guys from Nativity, right? So like Nativity and their book Rebuilt and all the things that they do with the Rebuilt Association. I mean, it's amazing the impact that they're having on, on the world. And I think it's such a pleasure whenever I get to see you and Father Michael on the stage at the same time. I think it's just, it's golden because you guys have different angles for the same mission. Yeah, we, we have we have a, a different model, but our underlying, our underlying principles are, are very, very much the same. And we also, yeah, it was, it, we've been together for a number of times to speak there. And we were on, I think on the, the Thursday afternoon on stage for an hour and 15 minutes with, with Pat, with Patrick Lencioni. It was a lot of fun because the topic was leadership and, and about leading renewal in, in, you know, within a parish. And Pat was sitting in the middle and Michael and I were on e- either side of him. And we just kind of, we didn't know, it, we just, we, we just went for it. And there were, it was, we were chatting and tossing the ball back and forth at each other. And, and it was a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. That's yeah. so awesome. I'm, I, I, love that, I love that when you two, you two guys are together. And I look forward to, to try and catch the next time you two guys are up on stage together because it, it tends to be sort of a special and, and fun time. Uh, where we're not going to see Father Michael White is at the Divine Renovation 2018 conference here in Halifax, which, while you were away, got sold out. Yes. Oh, and there, so there is a waiting list for people who want to who want to try and get on the list. Um, but yeah, so it, I'm I'm excited. I don't even know how many countries are coming now, but there are I think eleven countries. Eleven yeah. different countries. Coming. We actually had a we we had a poor parish priest from Texas. I don't know if you're listening. I'm not sure who he is, but they called us saying they <laughs> they booked their plane tickets, and then they went online to to book the conference tickets, and it was already sold out. So we said we'll, we'll put you on, put you on the wait, the waiting list. <laughs> Nova Scotia is a beautiful place yeah. to visit. <laughs> Man, oh boy! Bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. So some, maybe maybe they'll they'll get in. Yeah. Go on a trip around the Maritimes or something. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're going to be one of the speakers at That's the right, yeah. uh, DR18 conference. You know uh, what? What are you speaking on there? Uh, I'm speaking on communications. Yep. Did not marital communications, but regular no. so, communications. <laughs> PowerPoints to the wife. <laughs> yes. And then I'm helping uh, Kay Robinson also with uh, the groups talk or the groups uh, breakout session. Right, yeah, because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about discipleship groups and connect groups, right. and and the way that we use them at, at Saint Benedict Parish. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing two different breakout sessions at yes. uh, at that conference. I'll be wearing my my hat as communications coordinator, and then also as a connect group leader. So it'll right. be interesting. I'll have to kind of go back and forth. I think the baby will probably be here by then too. So yep. fatherhood will also be on my mind. I won't <laughs> talk about that though. I'll, I'll, it'll be all business at DR eighteen. All business at our breakout yeah. sessions. Yes. <laughs> So when you weren't here, Father James, we talked with Father Simon, who, who was standing in your place, and uh, and what he shared with uh, with us was uh, the the amazing experience he had at the leadership summit. That's when we bring all of our lay leaders from across the uh, from across our parish to St. Benedict, uh, the volunteers, but also the staff. And anyways, they had some ex- incredible experiences, and, and and they had a great time together, uh, growing and investing in each other. But I'd love to hear you just give some thoughts on what it's like to be a lay leader and our thoughts on lay leaders. Well. It- there's a key distinction. Again, we, we we press into leadership in a very intentional way because leadership is not about getting people to like you or think you're wonderful or to follow you. It, leadership is raising up other people. It's loving and supporting others, you know, washing their feet. You know, there is no leadership that's not servant leadership. And what do we serve people? We serve people so that they can, they can experience God more fully and experience God's purpose for their life, experience God using them. And so often in the church, in ministry leaders or even sometimes professional lay employees in the church can minister almost out of a, a clerical mode. Okay. And we we, asked, we had some feedback this past week around that issue um, because uh, in the book, in Divine 
renovation and it was I it was I was told it was page eighty, I think. And I was taught page eighty, what is that? And then I remembered, yeah, it's the it's that's I think the section where I talk about clericalism and and when I talk about how even lay employees can work in a clerical mode. And the distinction is this. Uh, the clerical mode is I do the work of ministry on behalf of the lay person or to the lay person and they passively receive it or passively watch me do it and applaud me and tell me how wonderful I am. Mm. And that often happens with, with, with priests, but it can happen with, with lay people as well. And where you're, you're doing, you're not, you're not, lift, not raising up others in, in, in setting them free. You know, St. Paul says that the charisms are given to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the church, to equip the saints. Uh, if you're if you're paid to to minister, you should be like a coach. You're raising, you're investing, you're recognizing, calling forth, equipping, and investing in people, and eventually giving them responsibility and authority in growing people, just like parents do. Right. And if you're a parent who who does everything for your child and never hands over and lets them to grow in responsibility and authority. You might have your kids taken away from you if you if you do that, but often in the church we can do that. And the comment was raised uh, was, you know, some lay people are maybe scared for their jobs if 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 that was to change. Well, I would say no. Uh, it's not about getting a new job. It's about acquiring new skills, about learning a different way of thinking and a, a different way of being in ministry. And not only that, what we know is from the parishes that we work with, that we actually create more jobs for lay leaders to, to move into. That's I mean, it. like I'm looking at an example of, of someone who was raised up and, and was invested in through the leadership pipeline at St. Benedict Parish and eventually find themselves in a, in a lay ministry position. Well, more than half of our Divine Renovation Network parishes right now are hiring full-time lay people to do evangelization mm-hmm. ministry, to be evangelization coordinators. That's not doesn't mean that they're hired to go and do everything. They're hired to begin it and to invest in people and raise people up and unleash a whole army of people. And I think that's the, that's a, that's a shift for so many people, especially parishes that have been operating under a certain model for a long time. A parish that doesn't deal with this issue will will, will be paralyzed. You'll 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 hit you'll you'll hit a, a glass at ceiling and never get past it. Why? Be- because you're not growing people. It's got to be about growing people. And if you if you grow people and help them to grow people so that they help other people to grow people, you have this whole culture of leadership and people taking ownership of the mission of the church and growing spiritually and growing in their in their in their impact. And that's how you a parish grows. I mean for any person who works in ministry, whether it's ordained or lay, you can either be a bottle o- a, a, a bottleneck or a bottle opener. Bottleneck or a bottle opener. And, and a big church that's going on mission, we can't afford uh, professional full-time uh, lay people in ministry who are bottlenecks, who control everything and make everything about them. And I think that's part of what we need to do is to ensure that as we raise people up in our parish is that we raise them up into that model of, of leadership that is to invest in raising other leaders because that's the only way we can grow at scale. I think of just a couple of parishes you were talking about today, right? You talk about St. Anne's, you talk about Prince of Peace. Could you imagine if, if that, that even that 60 staff had the responsibility of personally ministering to those, you know, 8,000 people or whatever it was? 15,000. 15,000. 15,000 people. I mean, they'd be pretty exhausted. And isn't that the model that we often have expect of our priests, right? Yeah, in parishes absolutely. that haven't embraced this, that, you know, everyone's got to have a personal relationship with the priest and the priest is supposed to care for them. It's, a, it's amazing. And the, and the, the weight of it must feel, must feel quite, quite heavy. Uh, so there's one other thing that, that um, 
that I know we've got coming up next week. Next week's podcast will be different because uh, the production team will be um, on the road. Uh, there's a number of us going to London for LC18, which is... Uh, Leadership Conference 18, uh, run by Holy Trinity Brompton Church at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, and you'll be speaking uh, as part of that conference, at least once. I don't know if it's more than once. Speaking at a workshop, one of the breakout sessions, yeah. and also uh, another track for... for top leaders around the world. So I'm going to be a part of that on Monday afternoon. So the podcast that we'll do next week will be different. We won't no one, we won't be here in studio because we don't have a studio in London. Uh, so we'll do something on the road with, with some of our amazing contacts and, and some of the people in Paris. Notice you're using the word amazing a lot. <laughs> it's amazing how that just is contagious. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to our, our, our DR day there because we've got a, a day that's over 700 uh, tickets have been. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's over 700 wow. now. And uh, the max capacity there is 800. So if if you'll be in London, uh, May 9th, I believe, is, is the day uh, that we've got that event happening. If you want to, to, to join us, you're going to have to hit up the website soon because it'll F- be gone. Father Simon will be there, and we've got a number of priests around the UK who are implementing Divine Renovation who will be speaking and sharing their experience as well. Yeah, because part of what I think we're trying to do more of is tell the stories of the parishes in in the network. You know, parishes that are, are applying this divine renovation thing, they're all getting so jacked because it's working, yeah. right? And they're, they're seeing early fruit and fast. Mm. It's, it's it's faster than, you know, if Ron was here, he'd be like, Dan, it's not happening that fast. Slow it down. But it's true. We see like early indications in, in all yeah. the parishes that we're working with. It's beautiful. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is take a quick pause and then we'll, uh, we'll be back with Peter Herbeck. Have you ever read books or listened to talks on parish renewal and leadership and thought, that's good for them? <laughs> but how would that ever happen in my parish? And do these people even know what it's like to be in a parish? How do you bridge the gap between the theory and real life parish? The Divine Renovation Association exists for all those reasons. It's created for and by people who have lived it and are living it right now in real life parishes. I believe that every parish potential to impact the world around it. I believe that every leader has the capacity to be a better leader. I believe that every parish can be so much better and more exciting than it currently is. And we want to help with that, to help you and your team to move your parish from maintenance to mission. And welcome back. And it's so great to have you here with us, Peter Herbeck. You're the Vice President and Director of Missions at Renewal Ministries. That's right? I am. Well, it's, it's a real pleasure to have you. And you're in town, actually, because you're, you're, you're actually helping out Father James and some of the other priests. Isn't yeah, that right? I'm here to do uh, the annual priest retreat. Father's sure. involved in organizing the whole thing now. So it'll be me with 40-some priests for the week. So it should be a lot of fun. A lot of talks. I hope, you know, I got to be yeah. good to make this That's thing right. work. You gotta yeah. be good. <laughs> yeah. Have you spoken to priests like this before? Yes. Yeah, okay. we have our ministry probably, I don't know, we we probably have ministered in retreats and convocations to probably close to 10,000 priests over the last 25 years or so. Mm. And I've heard you speak because you spoke at um, the last Divine Renovation Conference, DR16 here in Halifax. And wow, it was it was such a, a beautiful evening when we had you speaking and, and the way you connected with the Holy Spirit. It was it was beautiful. It was also a lot of fun being around you guys. There's mm. there's a there's something really dynamic happening here, and uh, it's spreading around the country, spreading into my neighborhood now in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know, that, that our parish is now in the DR network and all that. It's just, it's really fun to see. It's, it's how, how have you felt, like, as a parishioner, how have you felt the difference? Uh, we are, well, one thing is, our parish is kind of a unique parish in that a lot of people are very much alive in the Holy Spirit, very deeply converted, very dedicated, raising their kids in the Lord. But we have had a hard time organizing ourselves around our mission mm. and kind of moving it ahead. And I think... That's the biggest thing. Our pastor, Father Ed Friedi, who's a good friend and a wonderful priest, um, 
you know, different people have different strengths, right? And so your coaching with him has had a big impact on helping him catch vision mm. about how he can lead. And we built a, a nice leadership team and there's some wonderful people on that. And so getting organized matters. It really mm. does. Mm. Even for a place that's got lots of converted people, lots of excited Catholics and all of that, we leadership matters. It's a big difference maker. So I think uh, that's the, the most immediate impact I've seen. You know, in, in our parish, that is. But I'm also seen in other places as well. And Peter, you've been a great friend to St. Benedict Parish and also to Divine Renovation over the years. You've, you did a parish mission for us several years ago. You've, you've done our, our, our staff retreat a few, a few times, and you and Sister Anne and others from Renewal, Renewal Ministries, we're very, very grateful to you for your support. And many people have probably watched the five 15-minute videos. Yeah, we've are, been promoting those for yeah. ages because they're so yeah. good. And th so those were the two videos where you guys spoke together, where you interviewed. Well, fa yeah, Father was in Ann Arbor to do the Choices uh, choices We Face program that we do for EWTN. I said, as long as he's here, let's get him in front of the camera. And I want to ask Father, give if you can talk to a priest or leaders in parishes, what are five things you want to tell them from your book or from your experience? And uh, it's been amazing. Uh, we've used it in the area. Just priests who we know in there said, hey, you know, I'm reading this Divine Renovation book. What do you know about it? What do you know about Father Mal and the thing that they're doing? I said, watch these videos. Or they invite us over and meet with the priest and his leadership team. We just take them through the videos, have discussion groups around it. We just, just last week we did, we just finished it up. We did, we would do... Uh, Two programs are just 15 minutes long. That's so even guys would watch it, right? So it's, it's, uh, they're 15 minutes long that we would have Q&A after it. We'd do two videos, and then the next time we met, two videos. And then the, the last time, we just did the Holy Spirit video, yeah. which you do such a great job of reminding everybody, organization's good, getting yourself organized around your vision's important, but it's really about ultimately living in and through the power of the Holy Spirit in your yeah. life and in your parish. And so we just had a wonderful time with this parish and watched the video, had great discussions, broke down into small groups, prayed over every person mm. that was there. And uh, the Lord really used it. It was beautiful. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And those videos, are there. you can find them on YouTube. Like they're free. Yeah. They're out there in right. the wild. They're on YouTube. You can do a search for them. I think we've got them posted on our uh, Divine Renovation Association website off of our webpage just so that, because we want them to, to get out there because they make a difference. Yeah, the, the divinerenovation.tv site, is, they're under the free videos. And actually, they're the videos that we refer that are referred to in the guidebook. And since we... <laughs> Since we changed our website, there's all the, there's thousands and thousands of these guidebooks out that give the wrong directions. So we, we apologize for that. And if is if just stay with it, and you will eventually find those videos. They are connected in with our website still. If, I mean, if there's a if there's a priest out there who's wondering about moving his parish in a direction, and what can I do? Grab hold of these videos and just sit down with your leaders, and the the, the vision, the mm. language, the focus, mm. it all start. It'll all start to enter your life together, which is really important as a, as a good first step, I think. Yeah. You know? One of the things that you just mentioned, Peter, that, that might be actually really important, I want to know, though, is it, is it better for, for a pastor, for a priest to watch them with their team or better to watch them alone? Because I know sometimes we, we, we challenge pastors to bring lay leaders and other members of their team with them. So should they be watching these alone in the comfort of their, their office or should they be hauling in some, some key members around them? What do you think? What do I think? Yeah, what do you think? I'm asking you. Well, I mean, if I was a pastor and heard some some guy mouthing off his opinions like like me, I'd be saying, well, I'm going to at least watch one of the videos first to make sure this, <laughs> this guy isn't, like, you know, like crazy. Uh, and I think what I'd probably do, you know, maybe if I watched the, the first one and, and thought, you know, that this is good. I think I'm going to bring my team together then. Uh, it definitely to watch them with 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 your key people because it you know a change in direction at a parish is certainly going to begin often with with the pastor, but he's got to very quickly mobilize his his his, his key people and bring them along mm. and get their input as well. 
Right. So, Peter, you, you, much like our ministry, Divine Renovation, we travel a lot. But you also get around a, a fair bit, don't you, and see some other places. Can you give us some perspective? What, what's happening out there in the world? Uh, a lot. Can I just say, I just did a recent event in Joliet uh, with the Divine Renovation Parish. First time I've ever come in to do a parish mission with Father Matthew. Can't remember Father Matthew's last name, but he has a great team there. Yeah. Father Matthew and Sue and a whole range of really good folks. Father Matt Lamoro. Lamoro. Lamoro, yeah. yeah. And uh, spent Friday night with his leadership team for about three hours, and Saturday morning with a wider circle of people, of leaders and stakeholders in the parish, and then spoke at all the masses, and then Sunday night did a parish-wide event. Mm. And it was exciting. And so each, each one of these meetings, I'd say, hey, do you guys have a, a, like a mission statement or a vision statement or something like that? I said, well, what is it? You know, to see if they would respond to it. You know? And the first group, they jumped right on it. Second group, most of the people did, even the large group, the, the, the thing that the leadership team was so excited about was, hey, it's working. The language <laughs> is seeping in. People are starting. And there, there was an energy and enthusiasm in the place, which was really exciting to see. I think the, 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 their vision is, uh, St. Pat's exists to transform lives through making church matter, through making disciples, and seeking and saving the lost. Oh, which, oh, is, which is great, isn't it? Right? It's tremendous. Yeah. And, and there is a focus. And again, DR is really helping. You guys are coaching them to get to the place where they could see clearly and start to, start to focus all their resources on that fundamental vision. And you can feel the excitement percolating there because mm. uh, change is actually happening. So it was, a lot of, it was just a lot of fun being there. And then helping them come deeper into the life of the Holy Spirit you know, as, as, a, as a leadership team, but also as a parish. But this is such a key thing, you know, because it's very easy to say, well, let's get a tool or program for evangelization and, and let's start proclaiming and, and let's do all this leadership stuff. This is really, really important. Which but, we coach people to do. And we coach all of yeah. that. But the, the key thing that, 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 that catalyzes everything is, is the experience of the power of the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Not just, you know, we can say always, well, of course we believe in the Holy Spirit and we pray to the Holy Spirit and we, we receive the sacraments, we experience the Holy Spirit. And when we, you know, Scripture says anyone who says Jesus is Lord does so by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I think when we say experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, we actually mean, no, like an experientially. Yeah. And like that it, and that's something that we maybe, you know, we'll, we'll pause a little bit and say, mm, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that because there's mm. always been a bit of a, a, a degree of openness, but also a degree of caution in the last 20, 30, 40 years yeah. with that experience of the Holy Spirit. And well, Peter, there, you, one, you, you, you've been very much at the, at the vanguard of that. Yeah, well, one dimension of it is just learning how to let go because when you start to, to engage the Holy Spirit more deeply, you know, Jesus said to the apostles, you know, I, you'll be clothed with power. You shall receive mm -hmm. power from on high. He wanted to give his, his disciples power to be able to enter the mission. In fact, it but, was his one condition Yeah, before his disciples would fulfill the mission. He said, wait. Wait. Until. Right. Yeah. Because the mission power. is led by the Spirit. I mean, Jesus right. came out of the Jordan in the power of the Holy Spirit. It said the Spirit led him into the desert. The Spirit led him back to Nazareth. The Spirit led him and anointed him throughout his entire mission. And he gives that anointing to his church. And so his church moves ahead, not just by good organization, which we need, mm. right? But it moves ahead fundamentally by the power of the Holy Spirit. St. John Paul II used to say, the Holy Spirit, when he comes to us, he, he, he seeks to produce movement in us. Mm and to move us into holiness and to move us into mission. The great commandment and the great commission. It's like grow and go, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so learning how to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit is something that every disciple needs to come to experience in their life. And so that's partly what we try to do because it, it is the game changer, literally. But what would you say, well, 
you know, I, I understand what you're saying, P- Peter, but, but really what you're really saying is there's going to be a spiritual dimension. And, well, the way we do that is we just ask people to pray. Uh, you know, we have different ways that, that people pray. So we don't necessarily have to have to lean into that specifically, as long as you pray that that, that should be enough. What would well, you, well I, would think, you I think, to that? you know, the lead that we've gotten from the re, all the recent popes, they've been praying for and calling for explicitly the grace of a new Pentecost. They have something clearly in mind about that, which is the, the power of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened on Pentecost, that was visible and tangible in terms of on the, something happened to the apostles the way uh, the Holy Father put it, he said, uh, St. John Paul, he said, the Holy Spirit seized them and stirred their deepest energies and thrust them into the marketplace. So we're not talking about a particular kind of spirituality or a particular kind of piety, which is, which is fine. Different kinds of spiritualities exist. But Pentecost is the spirituality fundamentally of the church. Absolutely. It's the power of the Spirit of Christ given to his people so we can uh, have the new, a new capacity to live a new way of life and to enter the Master's vi- uh, mission. I mean, effectively. The, the, the disciples and, and, our, and our Lady were praying when the Spirit yeah. came upon them. They were praying. Right. And then something distinct right. happened yeah. that changed everything. Yeah. And that idea of, be, of being compelled, and I've known in my own lives, like, like I, can, I can pray, I can pray all the time, I can even have a deep sense of God. My, my prayer life usually is, is sometimes really great, sometimes not so great. But even when it's really great, I've experienced my own life, I, my own life, a difference from when my prayer life is is really really great, and then there's there are sometimes encounters with the Spirit of God who kind of just moves me far beyond what I ever. Well, he'll would have anoint you. He'll experienced. The, I'm sorry. I no, no, you no, like that. No, no. The holy the Holy Spirit comes first to reveal to every human heart the lordship and majesty of Jesus, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to make it possible for us to see it, speak it, right? But also, uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, distributes his gifts. And so as you're leading parishes, uh, not only, again, not only good organization, but the Lord wants to organize it in part as well through the spiritual gifts that are present there. And I think in most Catholic parishes, the way Pope Paul VI put it was that the spiritual gifts that every single baptized person was given at baptism lie dormant Mm. their whole life long, Mm. untapped. And that's one of the reasons why our parishes aren't functioning at the level mm-hmm. they need to function at. And so I know you guys are very conscious of it in the DR as well. And so people need to be brought into it. it you know, St. Paul put it this way. He said, I would have it, brothers and sisters, that you not be ignorant mm-hmm. of the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given to you. Every parish I go to, a Catholic parish I go to, I do parish missions or even with leadership teams, I'll say, I, don't, I mean, the, the larger leadership core of a parish, I'll say, how many of you know much about spiritual gifts. And the most they'll know something is the Isaiah gifts that you talked about in confirmation. Yeah. And then and then I'll ask them the question, you know, do you know what spiritual gifts you have? And people just all shake their heads. We, we're actually ignorant of the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And that's a big part of how the church becomes healthy and mature and is able to build itself up in love. Right. You know, and, so. and we were talking earlier about lay leadership in the church. And it's so interesting to say like lying dormant, it's like the Holy Spirit is like the oil underneath our feet and we just need to, to get yeah. it. We need to tap into it. Um, so we can go further with it. I mean, it's yeah. such an affirmation what we were just talking about that I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So what would you do to help? So what, help parishes, you mean, or to, to help, to help parishes, help. to help people? How do you open their eyes to this, and how do you how do you communicate it to them? Well, you know, one of the ways you do it, I think, one of the ways you guys do it is through Alpha, for example. That's one way to do it. I think the the Holy Spirit weekend on Alpha. There's four or five talks on that weekend on the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I, for most Catholics, and most people, go, it's like a revelation because <laughs> yep. the you know the the Holy Spirit is the forgotten person of the Trinity. So mm-hmm. I think vehicles like that, the Life in the Spirit seminar, those kinds of things can be very useful and helpful. Studying the Scripture, studying the the Acts of the Apostles, reading how it all unfolded in the life of the Church. 
church, getting together with others and studying, praying. Find out there's a lot of good books out there. There's a lot of good videos out there as well on what does this mean, you know, this the, the New Pentecost and the grace of New Pentecost in the mm-hmm. church. So read it. And then I'd say find out where, it's, where people in your area are, are alive in the Lord, alive in the Holy Spirit, and know something about it, and knock on their door and say, hey, can you help us? Can you help mm. us go deeper in this? I mean, people can also contact our ministry, Renewal Ministries. We do a lot. Uh, we have a lot of different teams that go out all around the world yeah. that help, you know, clergy, religious, and laity in this very area, you know, to help them come more deeply into what St. John Paul II called the charismatic dimension of the church. Right. You know? Well, this so, is one of the things that you would have done, right, as, as pastor at St. Benedict Parish. I mean, I know there's a reason you and Peter are connected. And so there's, you've, you've made good use of Renewal Ministries and Peter's particular gifts at St. Benedict. How did you bring it into St. Benedict? How did you make it part of the culture, the, the, the power, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, mostly through Alpha, because as, as Peter said, the, the Holy Spirit weekend is so key. And when most of the people who, who in the last number of years have experienced life transformation, it just so happens that the vast majority is on the Holy Spirit weekend. They yeah, had a yeah. legitimate experience of God's love being poured into their hearts, and it was life-changing. Mm. And people continue to experience that. And then we would have something like parish missions, where we would we would just gently move it further a little bit. And we've just been doing it over and over again. And so it's a gradual culture change, so that what once was not normal has now become normal and and we don't call it anything we don't we yeah. don't use terms we just say it's an experience of, of of the holy spirit one final thing i will say and it's something that we do at the parish now on weekends when we have our prayer ministry teams and on our when we have our leadership summits and mm. we do it a lot and we also do it whenever we travel and speak to groups we invite people at the end to, to pray over mm-hmm. one another in a very non-threatening way yeah. and we get them to specifically pray for an infilling of the holy spirit because that really is well, there's not what else you need to pray for if you if you right. get that you know right. it's it's the very life of God you know and we'll model it by having two people usually men pray with men with women with women and a, a hand on the shoulder and just we just teach people to pray come Holy Spirit and just to really try to follow and, and not be afraid of 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 silence and to pray with expectant faith and you know every single time we do it I usually even to time it you know I'll say okay everyone sw- switch up now to two minutes. As I look out and I see people praying, often for the first time like this, you work with people side by side, but you never pray like this. And at first, it's a bit uncomfortable and weird, but there's always tears. People are like, yeah. that was amazing. I've never experienced this before. And it's actually so simple. What are we doing? We're, we're creating a space for God to work in a new way and stepping back. And every single time we do it, and when people are open, they experience Spirit of God in a new and it's, way, and it's it's foreign to many Catholics, so we we're, we kind of hesitate to step into it. But it's it's so simple; mm-hmm. they don't know how simple it is. But when they're let into it, they say, "Wow, this actually is pretty simple." So one of the things I tell people: see, you know, all of us all of us are, are good friends to somebody, right? And so sometimes we have conversation with friends who are maybe you know a friend who's is struggling in their marriage, or they have a child who's very sick, or some kind of tragedy happens, or they're dealing with problems of different kinds. We're often there to be a shoulder for them to cry on, a person to talk to, talk to, which is really wonderful. And then we'll we'll say, you know what, I'd, I'd uh, I'll pray for you. And then that's as far as it goes. Mm. But one thing I encourage people to do is just ask them in that moment. Say before we leave, you know, could I could we just mm. pray together? It often helps me. Like I've had people mm. pray with me at times like this, and I'd love to just pray with you. Be here together. Jesus said, "We're two or more gathered in His name. He's present." And you don't have to make some gigantic prayer, just a simple prayer of love out of your heart for that person's need or physical need. And in this Joliet parish I was at, uh, this DR parish, was working with uh, 
Saturday morning with a large group of folks, and we, I led them in a prayer to welcome more of the Holy Spirit. And it was kind of a long session. I looked, and we just had a couple of minutes left, and I thought, you know, shoot, I was going to pray for healing. But, okay, anybody here want to need prayer for physical healing? And so a number of people raised their hands, and I said, why don't you come forward, and we'll just pray and lay hands. Now, for some people, that was totally foreign. <laughs> there was a woman, a wonderful woman in her maybe late 70s, early 80s or something, who was present there, and she said she's had a lot of trouble with her eyes. She described the problem with her eyes. She said, I can't really read anymore, you know, than I, and I really love to read. And I said, okay, we don't have much time, so why don't two of you who are over there, so two people, just grab them from the parish who probably never prayed over anybody before. I said, would you pray over her? And they kind of went like this. I said, I said it's really simple, just God lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you, you know, and you can pray too. It's not, I'm not some expert and only God works through me. He works through the whole body. And so they prayed over her and I prayed over a guy and then we had to stop because it was short come to mass at five o'clock that night. And one of the senior leadership team members said, hey, did you hear about so-and-so, about this lady? She said, she she came up to me, she goes, I had a, I have a miracle, I had a miracle today. And she said to Sue, uh, she goes, I went home and I, I wasn't able to read the paper for a long time. I bought the Chicago Tribune and I could read the whole thing and I can see. And then, <laughs> and then Sue said to me, she goes, it's amazing that it was the very woman that these parishioners prayed over. And she said, if there's anybody that I would have been most happy if we could pray over, it would have been her because she's like the matriarch of the parish. Everybody loves her. She's an amazing lady and a very loving person. So that night for the overall event for parishioners who came on the Sunday night, uh, kind of end of the mission, Father introduced me and and. Part of it, he goes, yeah, and then Peter prayed over someone, so-and-so today, and the Lord healed her. And everybody's clapping because they all know her. And I came up and said, I didn't pray over her. It wasn't me. I don't even know who prayed over her. It was just those two guys who were standing behind her, you know? That's it. Yeah, that's cat. That's Catholic. That's just the normal Christian right. life. We're not asking people to that's join right. some kind of like esoteric movement and do weird yeah. stuff. This is just the life that's of, why, of that's the why it's church. It's so important when we, we model prayer like that, that it's not like this big weird thing. I love this story in, I think, is it is it First Kings, where... Uh, Naaman, the, the 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 leper, he comes to Elijah, and Elijah sends a message to him. I'll just just go wash in the river th- three times, and he's all offended. He's like, I thought that for me he would come out and make big pronouncements with big fancy words, and I can wash in any st- stupid river. I don't have to wash in this one. And and the, the girl s- says, Well, if he had told you to do something hard, you would have done it, right? But he's asking you to do something simple. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we make it too complicated. We think yeah. it's it's so complicated, but simple childlike faith to realize every believer has has the the spirit of Christ dwelling within and in that these kinds of gifts are not just given to or, the ordained. We we minister in a particular way, of course, but it's so beautiful to see people being unleashed in these mm. gifts. And that's when the church comes to life, when but, these dormant gifts are, are, and if are you, released. And another piece of it is, you, you know, and having been a pastor for a long time, you guys know leading a church that you can uh, start carrying the burdens and a yoke you're not supposed to carry mm-hmm. and worry can kind of dominate your life and then you just keep working harder. And instead of learning how to yield to the one who's leading the whole thing, which is the Holy Spirit, who wants to come and help us carry Jesus's yoke. You know, it sounds unrealistic when Jesus said, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a lot of people, even in leadership in the church, don't experience that. 
And the key to that is being able to come into a deeper life, a fuller life in the Holy Spirit, learning how to rely on the help of the Holy Spirit, being renewed by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit teaching in the middle of it all that we're children of God. And so I, I'm really convinced. I know I'm kind of hogging the conversation here, yeah. but I'm. Uh, you know, thanks for agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just see this that we've often reduced Christianity to to it being about God with us. God came with us so that ultimately he could be in us. Because mm-hmm. the fullness of the mystery is only complete at Pentecost. And it's ultimately, it's Christ in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. J- Jesus isn't just with us, he's in us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need, I think we need to kind of pray on that one yeah. and but chew Pete, on it. Here's there. the thing, Father James and Peter, both of you. Like, seriously, there's a lot of reasons why, why we don't want to, to, to pray that way, why we don't want to speak that way. If I'm going to pray over Matt, let's say Matt's got a sore foot. I say, Matt, I'm going to pray for your sore foot. Please and I do. put my hand on his shoulder. You okay with me? Put my hand on Okay. Go for it. I'm going to pray for your sore foot. Now, my big fear is that God's not going to show up. Like, this is, I'm feeling silly. Like, okay, he's got a sore foot. I'm supposed to say, hey, God, uh, you know, hocus pocus fix his foot, would you please? Like, that's terrifying because if his foot doesn't feel any better, then I feel like a numbskull. It's because you're, 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 your faith is weak and you should be ashamed of yourself. No, <laughs> no it's because you didn't, you didn't put that. your hand on his foot. Oh, he's his shoulder. So obvious. But seriously, what do you say no, to me? I, like, I, think, I think one of the things that, I often say, you know, we'll say to people before we pray with them, you know, the Lord commands us to pray and pray for the sick and to pray. So we'll pray. And it's, it's up to God, whether God wants to physically heal a person now or not. I believe he can, and I want to pray. And I know for sure what he wants to do is show you his love mm. in the midst of this. And so I think it's very rare. I've, I mean, people can be disappointed at times, but you can don't set people up for, un, mm. you know, in a, set it up in a way that would lead ultimately to disappointment by promising something that you're not certain is going to happen. You know, I mean? but I think we just need to be faithful. We need to be obedient. We need to see it as a simple way to love people, and then just leave it up to the Lord. And what the Lord will do often is, if you, people don't get physically healed, oftentimes He just touches their hearts, right. and people feel deeply loved mm. and cared for. And I think for us, one of the reasons we stop is where I know for me, I used to think I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like, uh, you know. I prayed and nothing happened. Anybody see that? I prayed and nothing happened. You get self-conscious <laughs> yeah. and you want to be a winner or something like that. You want to see something happen. I think it comes from and you. you say, right, right, exactly. Yeah, like it comes from you and somehow, and somehow our ego mm. is caught up in it and the need to be noticed or the need to be successful and all that. And the Lord puts us to death in that process too. Mm. And so I think just being humble and loving and, and tenderhearted in those moments and just be an extension of God's mm. grace and he will do something. That's in the right. moment for That's people. Right. So I remember something that Nikki Gumbel used to always say in, in his talks on, on healing. He said, "When as a church, when we when we never prayed for anyone to get healed, no one got healed. But when we started actually putting this into practice and praying for people to be healed, most people were not healed, but some people were. Hmm. Miracle healings actually happened. Now that's yeah. a mystery. It's a mystery, right? Yeah, it is a mystery. But yeah. but the Lord." commanded his disciples to lay hands on people to pray for them to be healed. I think that most parishes, most parishioners, most, most, most Catholics around the world probably feel like they're living in a post-miracle world where miracles don't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, he's, he's gone dormant. He's not, he's not active in that way. What would you say to people who have that feeling? Uh, no, he's alive and well, and it's still happening today. And, and uh, there are places in the church where you can, you can see it happening. And it's not just in Africa or South America, but in parishes like your parish, for example, or the DR parish I was just in or my parish at home. And so what we need to do is what you're already doing is, is telling the world about it and to say God's present in our lives. You put it this way. John Paul II used to say the Catholic lives with the conviction that Jesus Christ is alive 
mm. that he's acting in the present and that he's changing lives. Mm. And so there's lots of different ways he's changing life. You guys just today at mass, I heard about a conversion of a guy mm -hmm. who didn't believe, was an atheist and just two weeks ago, and he made a decision. So things are happening. It's important for us to let people know the change that's there, as well as the signs and wonders that God is doing in our midst. You know, so there's a wonderful video out called Fearless that a priest friend of mine, Father Matthias Thalen, had put together where uh, he brought in a document, actually a documentarian came in to document this phenomena of healings that are happening in the Catholic Church, and is it real, and what is it? And so he was in Columbus, Ohio, in a large church, I think that about 1,500 people packed in this event, and they had four or five cameras, and they documented the entire thing. He did it first, they had exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, had prayers, and then he, he spoke with words of knowledge from the, from the AMBO. And people started getting healed. They had, you know, they'd get words of knowledge about what to pray for. The people would come forward who had those ailments, those problems. They'd pray with them, and then uh, they would ask them, you know, what kind of, you know, whether they, some people couldn't walk and they walked. I mean, they had real dramatic mm -hmm. healings that could be confirmed, as well as just internal transformation that happened in the lives of some people. So that's developed into a whole kind of ministry that's going around the country again, sort of a fresh wave of God's grace. So. If people are interested in understanding this, that's a good video to watch yep. and uh, and to contact those people as well. But I, I think the, these things, in many ways, they do challenge us and they, and, and they stretch us. You know, when we think of, you know, running a program, developing a strategic plan, you know, using leadership principles, these are, we can control these things right. and, and we can have prayer times and prayer schedules and and do lit liturgies, and yet there's this always been this mystical component uh, to to our faith that is very much at the heart that that you can't control. It it is mysterious. Jesus said the Spirit blows where where it, where it will, uh, and th this sometimes can unsettle us or, or challenge us. But I think that's precisely the zone we need to be. We need to be able to exist in, in that place. Yes, people can get crazy sometimes or over overly emotional, and there can be all kinds of the human person is is complicated. But also at the same time, the Spirit of God is real, mm -hmm. living and active in our a, in a, in a midst. And if there's going to be a new evangelization, if there's going to be a new wave of evangelization that brings renewal to parishes, it's only going to happen through a new, Pente a new, a new experience of Pentecost. Yeah, I, I was in Budapest uh, a few months ago for a conference, and we had a time of prayer as I was describing. And at one point, I had a picture, I was just praying, and I had a picture of, a, of an older woman who had nerve damage in her neck and it was affecting her left eye, as strange as this sounds, and she couldn't see out of her eye. I, I, I just came up to the microphone and I said, I just put that out there. It happened in prayer. If someone's here who has this, come forward. If not, then that's okay too. And sure enough, this lady gets brought up by her, her uh, son, a very dignified um, older woman, must have been in her 70s, and it fit perfectly. And then they said, now, would you pray for her? And I'll tell you that the first thing that came to my mind is, well, you want to get somebody else to pray with her because if I pray with her, probably nothing will happen. It's like just kind of came through my <laughs> mind, you know what I mean? And uh, and so and so, you know, I I just put my hand on her and on her eye, and her son was there, and then had a woman praying as well. And so I just asked the Holy Spirit to come, and then I spoke to the eye and to the nerve, and just in Jesus' name, you know, I command you to to be healed and this kind of thing. Simple. And then, uh, you know, I'm waiting. I'm not experiencing anything happening. I don't know if something's going to happen. I just want to yeah. obey the Lord, you know, and wait for just a few seconds. And then I said, do you experience through an interpreter, do you experience anything happen? She said, my my face is real hot. My eyes are real hot. Every, my face is real hot here, you know? So I said, okay, let's just keep praying. And we prayed. And then um, she said again, she goes, it's still there. And it was kind of shaking. And I said, can you see anything? Can you see a little bit? And she goes, she puts her, covers her good eye. And she goes, 
I see, I see figure, I see thick figures. I see thick figures over there on the other side of the stage. And she was so happy, you know? <laughs> and I said, well, let's keep praying. And we prayed longer and she did it again and it got clearer. The picture got clearer. And then I had to get back up to lead something. So I just had this woman, I grabbed another guy. I said, just keep praying on her eye because <laughs> I think the Lord is going to keep doing it. And, and she got almost the full restoration of her eye. And it's so, it's so, the humanity of it is so clumsy. Like I, should I share this sense that I have? Cause I could look stupid, right? I could be wrong. Number one, number two, gosh, now she's here and I want to pray. What if nothing happens? Kind of the thing you were saying. It said, the Lord just says, look, just be obedient, be mm-hmm. humble. Would you love this woman who's right in front of you and stop thinking about yourself? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yeah. Just do it. And then, and the Lord did it. It was so beautiful. She just mm-hmm. was this wonderful, dignified grandmother and she was so happy and then later i was walking out of the arena she was a, she must have been a farmer because she was a, str- a strong lady and she came up to me and grabbed me and she had this big grin on her face she took my face you know and she shook my face. <laughs> gave me a big hug she was so happy you know and uh, so that's well, the that's the journey with the holy spirit and what know? pastor wouldn't want that kind of thing happening in their parish right like yeah. like what an amazing thing it is when we see that that kind of activity of the holy spirit of god being active in our in the church i think it's a beautiful thing and i don't think there has to be like there's a deep end in terms of like you know there's a lot we could do but i think alpha is sort of the the, the shallow end of you it's 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 not yeah, as and i think the thing i love about alpha is that it provides a model i mean one of the models of praying with people in alpha is avoid intensity avoid weirdness you know yeah. like a, don't be the, weird, the, the, yeah. the holy spirit is not it's, there is a, you know, it, it's not uncontrollable. When you get into the uncontrollable stuff, that's when it gets a, a bit weird. Yeah. I saw an interview you guys, you did, on one of your Sunday homilies with a guy on the Alpha. We had been away from the church for like 35 years. He drove a pickup truck, never read a book before. That <laughs> Walter, guy, do you remember Walter, that? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he talked about the Holy Spirit weekend and he got prayed over and he got healed. I yep. think it was a back problem. He said all this heat went through his body yep. and... It was really powerful, and it was just folks from the parish loving this guy. Yep. And he said he cried all the way home in the pickup truck. Yeah, his life has been totally transformed. And I thought the yep. coolest thing of all was he said, uh, "You said how else has this changed your life?" You know, he said, "Well, Father, you know, like I've never read a book in my life, like a whole book in my life, but I'm like 30 pages short of reading the entire Catholic Catechism." Right. <laughs> and I just thought, I just thought, just, I've told that story. And, I just thought and it was he one quit of the best. Smoking as well. Yeah, and, quit smoking. And his his sister has had a conversion, and his wife had a conversion, and yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. So, look, it's been such a pleasure to have you on, Peter, and it's been a real blessing to, to have you. Uh, Renewal Ministries, if people want to connect with you, and you guys do a whole lot of things. You do priest retreats like you're about to do. Yeah, we do lots of uh, priest convocations, parish missions. We, we do uh, two television shows, one called Choices We Face yeah. and uh, Crossing the Goal on EWTN. Sister Ann Shields does a daily radio show that's been li- being listened to all over the country called um, Food for the Journey. She reflects on the daily readings. I do one. They're both 15 minutes long. The radio shows I do one called Fire on the Earth. You can get those on our website at renewalministries.net. We've got lots of products, lots of free stuff. Right. So if people want more information about the very things that we're talking about, there's a whole lot of free booklets and videos and stuff that people can have access to at renewalministries.net. And we're doing uh, about 40, 45 international missions this year right. in about uh, 35 countries with bishops, priests, and lay people on the ground really helping move the new evangelization ahead and just mm. supporting them in it. I love that. I love that you guys are here to help because for some parishes, this is a, it, it's a new space for them. Mm-hmm. But it, knowing that you guys are out there and able to support them through all those resources, it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, if you're interested in getting more information from Divine Renovation, you can check out our website at divinerenovation.net where you'll find this podcast, uh, links to our, our association, some free videos, including those five videos we talked about earlier and uh, the various events that we've got coming.
coming up. And of course, our Divine Renovation Association is sort of the, the most recent thing we've launched. And that's our, our video library where we ask, we encourage parishes to, to subscribe and become part of an association of parishes that are trying to do this, this crazy divine renovation thing worldwide. And I know this last week we had a great leadership session with, with that audience on connection strategy and how to get people more connected and more into your church. So for everything Divine Renovation, divinerenovation.net. And it's been a real pleasure to have you with us today. God bless. Thank you.